This is Resist and Renew. The UK-based podcast about social movements. What we're fighting for, why, and how it all happens. The hosts of the show are... Me, Kat. Uh, me, Sammy. And me, Ali. I'm recording this now, baby. Shit, it's a podcast! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome back to another episode of The Toolbox which is an element of the Resist and Renew podcast. For the past three episodes, we've been talking about conflict in a more general sense, uh, about frames and understandings. Now, from here on, we're going into tools, baby. And the first tool we're starting with is a maintenance meeting, which is a tool that can be put in place within groups. We'll explain what it is, its pros and cons, and do our top takeaways. Sammy. What is a maintenance meeting? Uh, so I don't have a concise definition, but I do have lots of aspects of what makes something a maintenance meeting. So obviously clues in the name, it's it's a form of meeting. Um, so uh, how we use the term um, is a maintenance meeting is a space that you create to air things that can be uh, difficult to raise and specifically it's generally a space that is used in terms of the purpose to discuss stuff well, but like before it snowballs in size, so to discuss smaller problems before they become larger problems. And that's kind of why it's called a maintenance meeting, is it's a space to like keep up the maintenance on the group as a thing, rather than waiting until the car breaks down. It's like the, the regular MOT type thing. Does the M stand for maintenance and MOT? Should have checked that before now. Um, no, Min ministry. God damn it. Okay, well, pretend it stands for maintenance. Don't look it up. Don't Google it, people. Um, so some criteria of a maintenance meeting would be that it is something that is uh, regular. Um, so maybe that would be every three months within your group or whatever. Um, and it would be, uh, I guess another thing about it is it's it's something that's automatically in the diary so that you don't have to actively go out of your way to call it because you've got a problem. It's all a space that's always there where you have the opportunity to discuss problems. Um, doesn't necessarily have to just be for to discuss problems. It can also be like a space to build in like the opportunity for connection within your group, to do like um, appreciations and gratitudes, to reflect on how you're going, all the kinds of things that you intend to do in other meetings, but are the kind of things that get bumped from the agenda sometimes because you've got other more urgent stuff to talk about. Um, and we're talking mainly today in the context of you doing a maintenance meeting within a group as a whole, but obviously this uh, works at lots of different levels of group. Like this could be a thing you do in a whole group. This could be a thing you do within like a uh, like an established working group within a whole group. It could be a thing that you do within like you and a you and another person who like regularly work together as a pair. It could be like a reflection space you just build for yourself or whatever. Um, and just one more note in terms of purpose is it's a Basically, what it's trying to do is it's trying to create like a feedback loop, like a mechanism by which you and your group can know and you can like monitor when there could be things that are, that could cause your group problems before the point where they have caused your group problems. So like thinking of it as that kind of like it's a feedback loop. It's a way of your group monitoring your group so that your group can do something about your group. I said the word group too many times. Uh, maybe let's flesh it out with an example. <laughs> uh, Catherine. Take it away. Sure thing. So um, I think I first heard about maintenance meetings from friends in Wretched of the Earth. Um, and we sort of 
took that idea, shared that idea and, and decided to adapt it a little bit for Resist and Renew. So I'm going to talk about the way we use it in Resist and Renew, but just to name that like other groups around are using maintenance meetings and maybe in their own ways. So this is just a way of doing it rather than the way, but just to share a little bit about sort of the, the way we would hold a maintenance meeting in Resist and Renew um, is, as Sammy was saying, build it into our regular meeting cycle so we know when it's going to be happening um, and then have a list of kind of options or modules, if you like, or like ways of um, holding the space in the maintenance meeting. So some things that we have done in the past are uh, having a capacity check in a maintenance meeting. So just asking everyone in the group where they're at with capacity in terms of their commitments, both within R&R, within Resist and Renew, but also perhaps in other workload, uh, other areas of their life, uh, just so we have a sense of like where people are at um, more generally with capacity. We've also done um, a specific invitation around difficulties. So asking the group, what's one thing that's a bit difficult for you at the moment that you think it would be good to discuss with the whole collective? And then people might share some of those ideas um, and we would work out what one we wanted to go into and what we would do with the ones that we didn't manage to discuss in that meeting time. Um, we've had a general check in, sometimes using spectrum lines because Sammy loves the spectrum line. See season one um, on the toolbox. Um, and some of the spectrum lines we've included are how much are you enjoying working with R&R at the moment? And people can choose like very much to not very much. And we see where people land and then have a discussion about it. It could be a question like how connected are you feeling to others in the group? And then again, uh, do a spectrum line from very connected to not very connected. And then depending on where people land on those spectrum lines is then really useful as a way to have that discussion, start opening up that discussion. Uh, and if, for example, there might be one person who's not feeling that connected in, it's a really good thing for the group to then notice that and, and maybe have that discussion about why that might be happening, what might need to shift in the group culture and so on. So really, it's just thinking of what tools can you use to open up some of that more reflective space on how it feels to be in the group, how the group is doing. Um, and these are just some of the ways um, that we have tried to do that in R&R to give you some specific examples. Um, there are quite a lot of strengths and weaknesses to this particular tool. Um, so I'm wondering, Ali, if you want to kick us off with one of the strengths, maybe. Could I, could I jump in before you do, Ali? Sorry to throw off. Just to give an example of the kind of things that can come up in maintenance meetings, to give it something really concrete. So, for example, I, if I remember correctly, one of the things that came up in a maintenance meeting we had within Resist and Renew was that, like... Uh, that myself and Catherine hadn't actually facilitated like a workshop together and like hadn't planned a workshop together. And so like off the back of those conversations, we were like, oh, let's try and work on this thing together. And then that one ended up falling through. So now me and Catherine are like, oh, let's try and facilitate this thing together. So like, it's, it's like a space where you can like create those, like you can identify where there could be areas you can focus on before you're like, oh God, I've never talked to Catherine. I don't even know who she is or whatever. Sorry, that was just, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. Love it. Good, good work. Um, okay, so a strength that I like about it is that it is, I like the fact that it's a regular thing. So it's like, yeah, every two, three months, whatever you choose that feels appropriate. Uh, so it means you, it kind of don't have to request it specifically. You don't need to be like, oh, something's bug bugging me about the group and I need to like myself raise it with everyone else and create 
a space separately. It's there, and as long as it's not super urgent, it could wait until the next one. And then I know there's a space ready for me to like say something, and it's like a welcome invitation for that kind of difficulties that are there. And I think in so doing, it lowers like the threshold. It like lowers the uh, energy required to or difficulties in saying something that's difficult. Uh, so that makes it more likely to happen. And then we get more information about how the group is doing. So and that's useful, I think. Mm. Anyone else got any strengths they want to share? Uh, I can I can share one. I think like, yeah, I think, so for me, I think just to flesh out more on the like, uh, rem- like lowering the barrier, lo- lowering the like energy required to say something. I feel like, um, having a space really does help specifically with the things where where you're thinking about them is like oh like I'm not even sure I mind enough about this to mention it like and it's so like having a space for it really helps bring out those things well actually you maybe don't care that much now about something but maybe you would care about it if this thing continued for the next 12 months or whatever um so having the capacity having like I guess the invitation to bring things and specifically providing space for it, which would just then potentially be empty if no one says anything. You're like, well, I guess, like, no one's talking into the silence, so maybe I'll say this thing, even though actually I'm not that bothered about it currently, or whatever. Um, And I think that uh, can be really helpful. And also, you can do it in a space where, because normally, if you don't think it's that important, if you raise it in a normal meeting, you'll be like, well, let's not bother talking about this now, let's talk about the normal meeting stuff. Whereas if you raise it in a space where the whole point is talking about the random things you're feeling, you have more of an opportunity to actually explore it rather than uh, sideline it. And obviously, people's uh, feelings and humanness should be centered in all of the meetings that you have. But given that it's a thing that many groups struggle with doing, like making sure there's at least one space where it happens is way better than having no spaces where it happens. And I think one that I would add in that I find particularly useful is that the maintenance meetings for me are a bit like a practice space where I can practice saying difficult things that I might be feeling into the group. Um, I can also practice hearing other people give me difficult feedback or maybe someone has a challenge that they want to raise about the whole way the group is working and I need to sit with that and hear that and it's a way for me to practice being with that and noticing like how am I responding to this am I feeling defensive right now do I need to take a breath how can I really hear and try and understand what's being shared Um, and I think as we've said in like earlier episodes not all of us like have good experiences of being in maybe challenging or critical or conflict related feedback loops Um, And so having these opportunities regularly to be in that practice of shifting the way that we're working with feedback, sharing feedback, hearing feedback can just be really, really useful. And actually that can work like across levels of the group. So like full group is one space where that can work really, really well. But also if you're working on a project with like a couple of members of your group having maintenance meetings on those projects like we have a maintenance meeting at the full R&R level but we also have a maintenance meeting for the podcast crew and so we get to check in with each other on how we're finding working with each other and have that space held so that we can share it and even one-to-one as well can be a really good um, way to to keep up the practice. Fractal. I'm just gonna say fractal (laughs) in every episode because I keep happening. Um, I feel like that's a bunch of strengths. Can we shift into considerations slash weaknesses? Because I'm not sh- sure these are super like Achilles heel style weaknesses. These are like 
things you might want to consider. Yeah. I think, I guess, one that comes to mind for me, um, based on what Catherine's saying around when you talk about, like, practicing hearing feedback as well as practicing giving feedback, both of which can be difficult, I think what it highlights is, like, the question of how feedback is dealt with in your group. Um, so, like, classic example, like, to think of a work example, like, if you've got a hypersensitive manager or something, like, you wouldn't be the one probably to suggest, like, let's do a maintenance meeting, where then they'd have the opportunity to tell you off, but you'd never be able to respond because you wouldn't feel able to or whatever. So, like, thinking about how this would actually work within within the specific space that you want to set it up in is important. Like, it's not a, a magic tool that will allow people to solve all problems um so some preconditions could be that like uh the uh feedback hasn't been like historically shamed when it's been shared or people haven't been like individually blamed for things which are structural problems regularly and things like that like maybe what things you could see as preconditions to thinking that doing this is a good idea and that doesn't mean that you'd never do this in your group if those preconditions don't hold but maybe you would want to focus on different interventions rather than a maintenance meeting if you think of it as like a maturity thing like maybe your group's not at that point yet but maybe they'll be at that point if you do six months or 12 months of another thing or whatever it is great um one consideration that comes to mind for me is like thinking about the frequency so how often do we want these meetings because you want to find like a Goldilocks level of like let's not do it every six years because stuff's definitely going to bring up bubble up and probably lead to like out there conflict before six years comes around but if you don't want to do it every week either because that just feels like a chore so like what what kind of regularity feels like and regular enough so it allows people to know that it's coming up and name things and share things often enough that it doesn't build up, but not so much that it feels like a chore. And I guess that's going to vary depending on how often your group meets, because if your group doesn't meet more than once a month anyway, then you're not that tight and don't have that many interactions, so maybe it's less uh, important. So it could, could, could be like once every six months or a year if it's like a loose thing. But if you're, meet, you're working with someone every day, maybe you want to do it every couple of weeks and just have it it can be just like quite more a check-in thing that happens more frequently and I guess like related to that there's something around being mindful around the labor involved in holding that particular space um and balancing that if you can so thinking about like in a wider group meeting who's facilitating that meeting if it's the same person every time they might not have the same capacity to share what might be their experience because they're trying to hold the space for the group so shifting the role around and noticing like does everyone feel like they have the skill set to be able to share that facilitation role if not and we want to have these maintenance meetings maybe we therefore also need to scale up the group in facilitation skills for example um and i think also like noticing who is the one that often is raising things as someone who raises things often um, there can be a bit of a, a role that you can fall into of like the one that raises the difficult thing um, and sometimes people, do, other people in the group know that you do that role. And so they might not necessarily raise their own stuff because they wait for the person who raises the difficult things to do that. Um, so just being mindful, if you're having maintenance meetings in your cycle, are there people who more regularly bring difficult things 
why are they doing that? But it might also be that that person is taking up quite a lot of the space. And so what would support the people that are not bringing anything to genuinely share something if they did have it? Um, so kind of being mindful of who's doing what um, in the space uh, around these maintenance meetings can help the whole group feel like they're able to participate. Yeah, and that makes me think of an aspect is like there needs to be a baseline of confidence and trust within the group. So if you if there are quieter people, what one of the reasons for that might be that they don't feel able to share in the group and what what work needs to be done before that. So that kind of speaks to what Sammy was saying earlier around like the maturity level of the group or like I don't know, just like the readiness of individuals and the group as a whole to to share yeah. and there might be yeah more things that need to happen before that mm. and then i guess like so linked into that like these aren't maintenance meetings aren't like a magic intervention and so building what ali's saying like it's not it shouldn't be the only thing that you do in your group to like uh build connection and like try and draw out uh difficulties so for example like um uh, Catherine mentioned before, like, we'll do a maintenance meeting on the level of, like, R&R, uh, &R, and then maybe we'll have specific ones within, like, projects, but then we'll also do, like, a debrief after we do specific, like, we'll run a workshop together, like, two facilitators will do a debrief after that, and there'll be other, like, feedback mechanisms and spaces to have discussions and things like that, so, like, it's important to have this as, like, a, a suite of different things, and that could include really explicitly reflecting on where do I feel like the group's at? And like, if I think this won't work, what are the reasons I think this won't work? And then what could I do about those reasons instead? Which obviously, like with all things, is probably best done as like a, not an individual reflection, but like working with other people to discuss stuff. Even if it's only like certain allies in a group or whatever. I think just one last thing I'd add in on this is like, in the preparation for this toolbox episode, um, someone asked the question, like, would an ideal group need these? And I really like that question. And I was wondering if either of you wanted to respond. So I guess when we were talking about this, we were thinking in the like utopian space of like, when it's all good, will people need space to like raise difficult issues? Um, so I guess part of the thinking behind that question is like, if this, if one of the, the purposes of this meeting is to build the muscle of raising difficult stuff with each other, and having feedback then potentially what we're trying to do is make feedback culture so normal that it happens all the time and you don't need it that might be part of what we're aiming to do and i think that's definitely something that could happen by going along with this and still i think the meeting serves a fun for me i think it serves a fun function regardless because i think it's always like useful to have that kind of space read, like that invites it i feel like it reinforces the culture that it's trying to build at the same time mm. yeah i think there's a real like <laughs> even after the revolution <laughs> like we will still there's like you'll still do that internal mental prioritization of ideas right like there's there's always going to be uh only a certain number of a certain amount of time in a day between when you wake up and when you go to bed there's always going to be some kind of resource constraints that will apply in terms of how you do stuff so 
that that's probably what leads to some people being like, oh, it's not important that I raise this now, like I'll raise it later. Even if you change people's values and all these kind of things that underlie what people think is important, there's always going to be some stuff which people therefore don't raise. So having a space specifically to raise the stuff you don't feel like you want to raise in the other spaces is going to be good, even if we're all like feedback queens. Um, and I guess that links to a thing which is like, what? so like what is the purpose of the meeting? We gave a few example purposes, but I guess one thing that is like, worth stating is like explicitly not a purpose of a maintenance meeting is like it's the intention is not that it will like mean that there'll never be conflict in your group like as we said in one of the early episodes like conflict is like a really normal thing that happens in groups and in spaces and like conflict can be a thing that is like either really challenging or could be like beneficial depending on like what the conflict is around how explicitly it's done how it's handled and all this kind of stuff so um it's not a it's not a thing that will like stop anyone ever arguing with each other or disagreeing with each other in the future the intention is almost the opposite it's to intentionally draw out disagreement and make more happen uh it's the going back to the forest fire example we used before it's like more in line with the indigenous fire practices of making sure you do smaller regular burns in a forest rather than waiting trying to avoid there being any burns and then suddenly the whole forest burns down i'm going to keep using that example again because i love it. i love it nice Let's have some top takeaways. What are our top takeaways around maintenance meetings? Catherine, you got one? Yeah, I think for me is like, what do you need to have happen in the space for it to work for your group? So it's not just about having a maintenance meeting in the diary. It's like what will enable people to share in that maintenance meeting? How do you build the confidence? How do you build the the nervous system response to feedback um, of members of your group so that people can hear what needs to be shared and people can share what needs to be shared. How about you, Sammy? Wait a second. Just when you said nervous system response. Oh, I did a little rub on my arms. Soothing thing. Yeah, just just <laughs> like how you when you're when you're being met with feedback, sometimes the body can have a like <gasps> what's happening to me freeze response and other responses also uh, and so there is like work that we can do on ourselves with our with our own bodies around like how we can hear feedback um and i think like thinking about what is the individual practices and what are the collective practices that we can do that make those spaces work really really well mm. amazing um <laughs> i think for me it's the linking to a thing that Catherine said before like the, these I think it was Catherine like these meetings do need probably like you probably need slightly more confidence to facilitate a maintenance meeting than you do to facilitate a like a, a general group meeting because often what people are worried about when facilitating meetings is things kicking off and people raising difficult stuff and this is a meeting deliberately for people to um bring difficult stuff so I think like I guess what it's really important to say links to that is like the meeting the content of the meeting should like should be really tailored to your group and where it's at and it probably will be true that what you want to do in one maintenance meeting may not be the same agenda that you want to have for exactly the same maintenance meeting one year on because what are the relevant things in your group that you want to respond to may be different like maybe you've had some struggles with capacities maybe capacities what you want to focus on or you've not been feeling connected so whatever like it should be it should be really you should iterate it to make sure it matches uh what you're doing ali nice yeah um i guess my top takeaway is like the broad purpose of it 
which is to have a useful space a useful space that is regular that uh, allows you to air things before things get a bit weird and intense and that might be the things that are in your subconscious and you like put to one side as like uh, maybe it's not that big a deal and it's a bit unnecessary but it's a space to like see if that is actually a thing we want to address and see maybe other people might share it and that's a yeah a learning opportunity for the whole group nice Great. And the one thing to say on this one specifically, what we thought we'd do when we had chats about uh, the toolbox after season one, we were like, oh, what would be really cool to do in season two is share more like resources and stuff. So along with having the transcripts and like a cool quote from the stuff, which we have um, always had, uh, we will also for this one include a template um, agenda based on what we've what we do within Resist and Renew for the maintenance meetings. And so if you're thinking, how would I actually do this in your group, in my own group, then like you can maybe download that and use that as a, as a jumping off point. So look for the show notes, resistrenew.com. Hashtag content. <laughs> Hashtag content. Resistrenew.com. Check it out. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks once again for listening to this episode of the Resist Renew podcast. Thanks to Klaus for the backing track we're using right now, and to Rowan for doing all the transcripts for all the episodes of this season. To find out more about Resist Renew as a training and facilitation collective, check out our website, resistrenew.com. We are on all the socials, and we're also on Patreon if you want to support the production of this podcast. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening and catch you next time. Bye-bye.